2: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 94 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. As I've said on last week's show, Ayaz is away in New York, but we're joined this week by another replacement, another man that's been on the show to fill his shoes before, Mr. Eddie Chambers. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem, man. You know, it's uh, never a big issue with you. Just uh, let me know when it's time and I'm there absolutely my man absolutely i know how it is right we're going to start with the review part same as always we're going to dive into last week's action we're going to start with a card that happened over in the dominican republic in the hotel haragua one fight to mention over there former world champion at light middleweight uh, carlos molina 28 and 6 with two draws this actually happened last uh, i think it was last thursday uh, he took on a well an unbeaten pro a, a prospect you know a decent um, a decent amateur, a man by the name of Carlos Adamez. He was 11 and 0. He actually beat Carlos Molina here. I feel very sorry for him. He's a man that I enjoyed having on this show, Carlos Molina. It was a funny one. It was an 11-round unanimous decision win. That was also for the uh, WBA Fedelatin welterweight title. It was actually a 147 that uh, that. That contest there and Adamez actually knocked Carlos Molina down in the second round. So, unfortunately, that could be it for Carlos Molina. I can't really see him carrying on. I know that he's been talking about uh, wanting to become a world champion again. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen if he's losing to guys like this, but um. Yeah, we don't really know how good this guy is. He's only 11-0 at the moment. As I said, a little bit of a decorated amateur. Could be the real deal. We'll have to wait and see. Right, moving over to last Friday now, at the Shanghai Oriental Sports Centre over in China. Zhu Shimming, the only fight really to mention on this bill, I believe he's parted ways with Bob Arum. He's doing his own thing now under his own promotional stable. Uh, He was 9-1 and and he took on Sho Kimura. He was also defending his WBO world flyweight title. Zhu Shiming was actually knocked out in round 11. So the double Olympic gold medalist. Uh, picks up another L here. His record now 9 and 2. He loses his WBO at World Flyweight title. Shokamura. Uh he went into this fight with a record of 14 and 1 with two draws. Now 15 and 1 with two draws. I didn't know anything about him and even still I don't really know too much about him. I don't really know too much about these lower weights, especially down as low as flyweight, but um yeah, you know, he got the job done in Zhu Shiming's hometown, and as I say, a knockout in the 11th round, so really shocking stuff there from China. Moving over now to the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, Lancashire. Again, not too many fights. We're going to try to whiz through them as quick as possible. Zelpha Flash Barrett on this bill. He moved to 18 and 0. He picked up a TKO in round 1 against Jordan Ellison, who was 7 and 10, going in now, 7 and 11. Now, Zelpha Barrett's a man I'm quite high on. I think He's really good, he looks really good. He looks like he's gonna, you know, gonna be quite promising in the future when we see him stepped up. But I looked at his record and I was shocked, he's 18 and 0, and 17 of his opponents have had losing records. So somebody told me at the boxing the other day that you know he really needs to step up, and I said, Really, really, you sure? And I checked out his record, and boy, oh boy, he seriously needs to step up now. 18 and 0, you know, he should really be talking, you know, he should really be taking on better opposition. So, you Yeah, I want to see him step it up, but... um a good fighter, nonetheless. Also on that bill, Reese Cartwright. He was also 17 and 0. He got in there against a man called Rafael Chiruta, who was 12 and 39 with one draw. Proper journeyman. Well, Chiruta definitely showed up here. He stopped Reese Cartwright in the first round. The first round TKO. Cartwright was down from a right hook, and that was all she wrote. So a humongous upset on that bill as well. And Rafael Chiruta now 13 and 39 with one. draw. Raw completely knocks out Reece Cartwright there 17 and 1 now and he's not even a big puncher looking at his record so um shocking stuff there from the bowlers exhibition centre in Manchester moving over now stateside to Tucson, Arizona, USA the the Casino del Sol one fight really to mention from last week on this bill, Saddam Ali he picked up win number 25 he's got one loss as well on his resume, it was a 10 round unanimous decision win over Johan Perez, he had a record of 22 and 3, it's now 22 and 4 he's also got two draws, that one was for the vacant WBA in International welterweight title. Now Saddam Ali picks up that strap. Moving over now to another card in the USA. This one over in North Carolina. One fight to mention on this bill really: the return of Zachariah Choa. He got stopped in his last fight by that uh, that undefeated prospect. Can't remember his name now. Um, he slipped me, but yeah, he returned to the ring, he got stopped in that fight, obviously he returned here with a win, a 6 round unanimous decision over uh, 6 rounds, yeah, at welterweight against a man called Ariel Vasquez, 13 and 18 so um, yeah, Zachary Choa now 17 and 1 and now moving over to the big one um, last week, the the you know the main fight really of the weekend. I know that you was there, Eddie, in attendance at the Barclays Center, Brooklyn, New York, USA. I'm going to move over to the heavyweight clash first. We're going to be speaking to Big Baby Miller shortly in the show as well. I'm going to start with that fight, a former foe of yourself as well. Gerald Washington took on Big Baby Jarrell Miller. Jarrell Miller 18 and 0 going in with one draw. Gerald Washington 18 and one going in with one draw. Obviously, that only loss coming to Deontay. Wilder. no real shame in that. What did you make of that fight, Eddie? I know that you was there,
1: of course. Honestly, I thought it was really interesting contrast with styles. I mean, Gerald, uh, to be fair, you know, very uh, athletic and has obviously a bit of talent, but green in a lot of ways and, you know, underdeveloped in some others. But, you know, obviously he's able to get the job done and, and obviously all these fights with the exception of the Wet Wilder fight. But uh, he faced a different kind of a situation. A guy nearly 300 pounds, basically 300 pounds, coming forward who can take a pretty good punch and uh, a big, uh, well, a big enough puncher. And, you know, even though his punches are fat and, you know, he comes forward and, you know, sometimes takes too many, it's really hard to keep a guy like that, a boulder like that to get the momentum going forward. <laughs> it's hard to stop him. And I think that's end up, that up being the case. I think he was just, in a situation where you know he got some momentum, and Joe kept going backwards, I think that was the biggest issue. Joe kept going backwards kept trying to move kept trying to create space and not standing his ground enough. If he would have stood his ground a little bit more and been a little more comfortable defle- defensively, I honestly think he would have had a much better shot at winning. I saw him buzz uh drill a couple of times uh with some uh with some good shots and you know you know little hooking lights and you know just different shots in general like that. But he obviously recovered. And like I said, he's a big guy. So he was able to, you know, weather the storm and just kept coming. It kept coming. And by the time the end of the fight came, it was just, he was, you know, completely exhausted. And to be honest, I've seen Joe fight and i fought Joe, And he starts to lose that fire and that uh, intensity. And, and to be quite honest, that energy uh, as the fight wears on. And, and with this fight, if you were looking to pick, pick a winner, if you were to say, okay, well, if he gets to the second half of the fight, if Gerald Miller was able to get to the second half of the fight and he's pressuring him enough, he would have a shot at winning, and that's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, for those that didn't know, it was uh, it was scheduled for ten rounds, but it uh, mm-hmm. in 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 round eight, Gerald Washington's corner pulled him out of the fight. Now, what I actually saw of this fight, uh, it was it was actually shown on on Box Nation over here. Now. For me, I think that Gerald, as you said a little bit as well, Eddie, Gerald, and I've never seen him use the jab so effectively as he did in that Wilder fight. He shocked me in that fight. He's got a brilliant jab. I don't care what he says. And when he got in that ring with, with Gerald Miller, he just did not... I mean, he threw the jab out a few times, but we didn't see it. He was sitting in the pocket way too much. You know, Jarrell was a lot bigger, a lot physically uh, you know, stronger. He just kept pushing mm-hmm. him back towards the ropes and it was too much fighting on the inside for, for Gerald Washington. I think in some ways he got a little bit exposed. I don't think he fights well on the inside like that. And even you, Eddie, right. you, you know, you had him when when things were up close and personal and, and he wasn't throwing the jab out, you had your you know, you had your way with him a little bit as well. So mm-hmm. um I think yeah, on the inside he's, he's got you know, there's a bit of trouble there for him.
1: Right. Well, it, you know, with him, he, like I said, this is where under underdevelopment shows, you know what I mean? As a fighter who's come uh, into the sport late, you know, there's a lot of times you see these guys that take up the sport late and they're athletic and they're talented and they win fights, especially in heavyweight division, it's a little easier because of the size differences. You know, you can kind of get away with it. But when you get a guy who's nearly your size but has that development for a longer period of time and understands, you know, how to how to adapt to certain things and to do different things and pose a different problem. If you don't have that development, like Journal doesn't really have it. So he doesn't quite understand how to stand inside and defend and and slide in certain ways and maybe even use his height even though you know say when you're close as a tall guy, you can you're a big target. But if you look at Riddick Bo, Bowe, Riddick was one of the best inside fighters of that generation as well as fighting that range. And he's six five two, six six two. So it's not to say that uh, you can't be a good inside fighter as a big guy and also well-versed defensively. And I think that's his biggest issue. He wasn't comfortable defensively. Everything was stiff on the inside. He was able to land some shots, but obviously that's going to happen when you've got a big target like Jerome Miller coming forward. And he was expected to take those shots. I feel like he expected to take a, a, a beating to get in, but once he got in, they delivered one. And that's exactly what happened. And Jerome just couldn't, couldn't you know sustain any, any enough offense to keep him at bay. And that and that turned out to be the difference. Yeah,
2: it was uh, it was a shame for Gerald Washington because he's he, you know I'm a fan of his. He, he's a friend of yeah, the show. Is. And real um, good guy, real good guy. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a bit upset for him, but you know on the on the, on the other hand, I do also. Have a bit of love for Big Baby Miller, who, as I said, will be joining us very shortly. So Big Baby Miller moved to 19 and 0. He's got one draw. Gerald Washington now 18 and two with one draw, two losses on the bounce for him. Uh, also on that bill, Katie Taylor, our very own, well, Ireland's very own, I should say. We've got a bit of claim to her for Eddie Hearn. She moved to six and 0. Her opponent was pulled out of. Um, you know, of her fight by her corner in round three. Um, she had a losing record, but yeah, Katie Taylor really gets a little bit of a taste of what it's like to fight over in the States. Um, a fight that wasn't shown on TV, Eddie, but I'm not sure if you caught it being there. Did you get to see the Billy Dib fight at all? No, I
1: didn't, I didn't get a chance to see the Billy you Dib fight. By it. the time we got there, we, met, we even missed the Katie Taylor fight, and I was like, damn, I was the, you know, I was expecting to see it. I heard him announce Gerald, and and uh and Jarrell. I'm like, dang, these guys are already in the ring. I mean we got there. I thought we got there early enough in the car, but I guess we didn't. It was you know, pretty it was moving pretty fast.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, Billy Dib forty two and four took on Yardley Suarez twenty two and eight. Um well, I've heard a little bit from Billy Dib obviously being a friend of the show and all the rest but um Billy Dib basically says that he opened up a cut on Yardley Suarez I think it must have been um it must have been some sort of accident or head clash or whatever because in the third round it went down as a no contest but he's really quite annoyed at Yardley Suarez because he believes the cut was um you know it wasn't really nothing to to stop a fight on at least so um he believes the guy really just wanted a way out and kind of used a bit of experience to get himself out of that fight. So he's a bit annoyed with that, Billy Dib. But um, it takes a bit of a shine off the whole, you know, fighting in the U.S., linking up with Robert Garcia, etc. So, um, yeah, I feel for him a little bit, but his record remains forty-two and four, and Yardley Suarez twenty-two and eight. That record remains also. Also on the bill, um, you may have seen this one, Eddie. I'm not too sure how the scheduling went over there, as I think it was a little bit different in the U.K. Rashae Warren fourteen and two took on Joe Arroyo seventeen and one. Did you happen to see that one? You
1: probably didn't. No. No. Nah. No, nah. nah, I don't uh. think I seen that. Yeah, a lot a lot of those car, uh, a lot of those fights man, they happened right before I got in. Yeah, no, that's funny. i I I really wanted to see the it's funny, I really wanted to see Katie Taylor fight. That's yeah. crazy, but I wanted to see that. Amongst a few of the others, but I wanted to see that for sure.
2: Yeah, no, no worries. But no, Roche Warren, from what I've heard, um, I think he shut out McJoe Arroyo. So, a bit of an impressive performance there. I can't really see the scorecards, but it was a unanimous decision over 12 rounds for Roche Warren. Also on the bill, Jamal Charlo, 25-0, and took on Jorge Sebastian Hayland. Now, Hayland's a man that, you know, he's he's probably had his better days behind him. And I said that on last week's show, but... For me, I thought that Jamal Chala was going to win by knockout. I was excited to see him at middleweight. However, straight away, and they said it on commentary pretty much as soon as I saw it. Eddie, I'm sure you must have seen it again, being up close. Yeah. It was clearly an injury with Halen, man. I don't know what happened there. It seemed like he just couldn't turn down the payday. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he it, I looked honestly watching it. I thought it was something up over his head as well. You know, to be honest, I mean, he was. You could see that he was uh, re, really, really, really stiff. Was one of I think I don't know if it was the, the right or the left leg. Like, I'm not sure. Might have been the least, but I'm not. I'm not 100%. No, I think but, it was um, his back leg. I think it
2: was his back leg. It
1: was about okay. Yeah, he couldn't really. He couldn't really like you know. Couldn't really stand sturdy. You know what I mean? He was like he was stiff-legged, and he had a hard time even when he was sitting in, um, on the stool, you know, in, in the corner and swinging around. It just looked bad. Like I'm sitting. There, like, these guys shouldn't even be fighting. And I said that, but like, you know, nobody would really panic. attention. Nobody really you know, really thought of anything. They just like, look at that. Oh, Jamal Charles looks great. And he's doing this and he's going that. I'm like, yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure whether this guy was hundred percent or not, probably Charlie would have stopped him. There's no question, but the way he was able to, you know, the way he was trying to, you know, labor to get around the ring, stiff legs, basically like he was, you know, staggering already. It was just, you know, it was just not a good time to take that fight. I understand you don't want to turn on a payday, but your health is more important. And I think, uh, you know, I don't to say error in judgment but um he he definitely
2: uh he definitely could have sat this one out for sure yeah jamal charlo um you know straight away when you could see that there was something wrong there um it was clear yeah. to it was kind of clear to see what was going to happen i um you know i fancied him by knockout but i forgot i looked at hayland's record or highlands record i can't remember how you pronounce his name i looked at his record he'd never been stopped prior to this fight so I've wow, been, yeah. when I saw that I thought mm, you know, maybe he will end up lasting the distance because we hadn't seen obviously Charlo at 160 but no with the injury right. it, I think he did well really to to go to the fourth round he was obviously down in round two managed to uh, get up and get through that round also round three as well my st- I was actually right. watching it on stream it was funny because I had it on the TV and then it was raining so bad that my TV aerial completely messed up I had to watch it on the laptop <sighs> then the TV came back on and then the fight was over it was a bit mad but I saw sort the of finish. Ah. <laughs> it was one of those nights. But um yeah, Jamal Charlo 26 and 0 now again. We want to see him um you in, in a in a test where a guy's actually got two legs. But no, you know, people were bashing him on Twitter. It's completely not his fault whatsoever. He you know, it's not his fault at all. So, I feel a bit sorry for yeah. him some of the, some of the things that people are saying about him. And the main event of course, Mikey Garcia 36 and 0 going in against Adrian "The Problem" Broner 33 and 2. What a fantastic fight, by the way, on paper going in. What a fantastic fight for me. some people didn't really say some people said it got a little bit boring i, I really enjoyed it. What was your take
1: on it, Eddie? Um I don't see necessarily it being boring you know what I mean at all any really at any point. I mean it maybe a little bit one sided for the most part, you know as the fight wore on. In the early rounds, obviously, you know, Adrian with this, you know, he had the flashy stuff going, you know, speed, you know, he's doing a few things like the first round, I'm going to say. Uh, he might have had Mikey on the back just waiting a little bit just to see what he really had. And then all of a sudden, Mikey Garcia just comes in and starts to dominate. The, he throws some combinations. And really, it, it just, it, to me, as the fight went on, he became more in control and more dominant and it was more so the timing than the speed cuz i feel like Adrian probably was a little bit faster a little bit more you know a little flashier with the style and a little more skillful you know in a flashy way like he can do some really really nice things uh you know if he if he can be focused but i think when he saw that Mikey wasn't going anywhere and that he kept that razor sharp focus and determination and he has really 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 good like he mentioned it in the post fight interview he has really good, uh, real good eye for timing. You know what I mean. So he was able to really cause a lot of issues for Adrian Burner to feel, really really steal out the range. You know what I'm saying. He was missing on some of those shots that he you would have thought you would have thought that he would have been able to land. You know what I mean with the speed advantage. But he was able to catch a mid mid punch sometime. You know, counter punch him well. Then Adrian, I think he had his his I think his his plan as the fight went was a little bit you know, foolish in a sense. Because then once you, once you give a guy who's coming forward and is good timing and good at range and things like that, and you continue to go backwards, you get, eventually you're going to back yourself up to a corner or to the ropes. And that's just going to give him the opportunity to hit you where you can't move. You understand what I'm saying? He's able to cut you off. He's able to corner you. There's really not a lot you can do but either cover up or try to slip. And that's wasting a lot of energy defensively when you really don't have to. You know what I'm saying? If he would have started to try to walk him down a little earlier, Agent Broder, as he, as he did you know, late in the fight like the last few rounds, I feel like he would have more success doing that as opposed to trying to move and, and, and box from the outside. I just feel like he gave Mikey too many opportunities to throw combinations. And and, and going backwards and gave him more momentum. I think at the end of the day, that's what turned out to be the the biggest difference. And uh, I felt like and what I thought was like a pretty dominating uh, performance by Mike Garcia.
2: Yeah, I remember actually when the fight. Um, you know, first got announced. I think it was Eddie. I think you did the show with me, and we gave our predictions, and we both predicted Mikey to win. And I really thought right. that he would win on points. I mean, I actually yeah. um, I predicted that. I even put a little bet on that. I I didn't yeah. see him being able to stop Broner, to be honest. I thought that it was always going to be points. I actually scored right. the fight, so I want to just read out my scorecard. Uh, the first round I thought was really really even. I actually gave it a ten ten round. I think it was a share really. Right. For the next one two. Three, four, five, six, seven rounds I gave all to Garcia, and then I gave yep. the nine and tenth to brona, uh, the eleventh to Garcia, and then the twelfth to brona so i 've been a little bit lenient there to Brona, some people saying you know he shouldn 't have even got that, but I gave it yep. all in all, it was uh, one one seventeen to one twelve in favor of Garcia, so I basically gave Brona three rounds and a share of. A share of uh, a fourth. So um, yeah, but my my take on the fight, really and truly, I think obviously you know this is this was such a great win for Garcia because he finally gets that standout. Beautiful name on his resume. Um, the way he beat him was just unbelievable. Really dominating, and you know it was funny at the end of the fight when when Adrian Broner got interviewed, and it was a horrible interview. By the way, he really showed that that you know that yeah. that really sort of st- that side to him that's just so hard to like, and um, right. <laughs> you know he he said it was it was he actually said it was like cat and mouse like as if he was trying to chase mikey around the ring i don't know what fight he was watching cuz it was the complete other way round and um yeah mikey was just as as you say you know broner was backing up all the time when he did come forward and and let his hands go in some of the later parts of the of the fight you know he looked good doing it but i just don't think mm-hmm. he you know I don't know I don't know I don't know what it was I don't want to say his head wasn't in it because I think Mikey was so switched on you know maybe that, that long layoff maybe it played a little bit uh, of a part in the later rounds where he may have slowed down a little bit but those first few rounds those first sort of six seven eight rounds Mikey was just punch perfect didn't make any mistakes <laughs> so switched on you know he's just he's a sensational fighter and as as you even said as well before Eddie really yeah. and truly he's a top five pound for pound fire I remember you saying that last yeah. time, you know, he really yeah. is, so um, yeah. I feel, you know, I'm, I feel very happy for, for, for Garcia, because he finally gets that, that marquee name, but um, yeah. it's very important, his next few fights from here need to be big ones as well, and um, I think he's in a brilliant position now to call some shots, even if he, we're not too sure, he's talking about p- perhaps going up to welterweight, we're talking about uh, sticking at 140, perhaps going back down to 135, you know, getting in some kind of unification, he's still a champ. You know, down at that weight so yeah his options are very wide and AB his options are very slim to be completely honest I'm not too sure where he goes but no I just thought Mikey was unbelievable just held the center yeah. of the ring for the whole fight backed him up he was just unbelievable I can't, I can't praise him enough to be honest Um yeah, anything... yeah, and, and go on
1: yeah I, I, I agree no go ahead go ahead, go ahead uh, no I was just going to say any...
2: no 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 it's cool I was just going to say anything else that we're going to add to that card at all before we wrap that one up
1: um, honestly it's like you said, you know, I, I feel like he he really uh he really showed out and proved that he belongs in the sound conversation for sure. You know, the layoff he had obviously, you know, hurt him. You know what I mean? You get out of the good the diet the, the of the public and it's kinda hard to keep you know, to be relevant in that kind of a situation. I can tell you that personally from experience. So it's a little rough on him but coming back with the performances he's come back with and beating Broner the way he did handling and control. And focused and not really letting anything take away that focus. You gotta, you gotta say he's definitely gonna be a rival for for anyone out there. It's gonna be a tough fight for anybody. So yeah, it's 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 good. He's got a bright future and a big a huge upside uh, in his career. and Can basically go any which way he wants. Absolutely,
2: I totally agree with that. So we're gonna leave that card there. Moving over to the last card of last weekend. This happened last Sunday in the. Uh, the state of California, USA. One fight really to mention. Victor Ortiz, thirty-one yeah. and six with two draws, moved to thirty-two wins. Uh, he took on Saul Coral, who was twenty-five and nine, now twenty-five and ten. Victor Ortiz got the win, a KO in round four for him. Coral was deducted a point in round three for holding. Uh, Coral was obviously down in that fourth round and I think he was stopped on his feet every single fight Victor Ortiz is in it always is pretty much exciting whether he's gonna you know whether he's gonna turn up or not sometimes he gets knocked out he knocks people down he may quit it's always very exciting when Victor Ortiz is near a ring and that really wraps up the reviewing part of the show that's all from last weekend it's now time to welcome a man that was part of the fights last weekend in the heavyweight scene as well it just fits the show perfectly it's now time to welcome guest number one, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated heavyweight contender. I think last time he was on, I called him a prospect. Now I consider him a contender for sure. Mr. Jarrell, Big Baby Miller, Jarrell, welcome to the show.
1: Ah, what's
0: up, man? Thanks for having me again.
2: Hey, it's always my pleasure, Jarrell. You know that. So, Jarrell, you took on Gerald Washington on the undercard of Brona versus Garcia on Saturday night. Firstly, however, I want to touch on and I want to mention the, the weigh-in. The day before the fight, you obviously weighed in at 298 pounds. It was the biggest fight of your career, and you weighed in your career heaviest. And I said it on last week's podcast. I said that it would be interesting to see what weight you came in at. And I was hoping you didn't come in too heavy. And when I saw what you weighed I honestly thought you'd shot yourself in the foot so to speak but I was i was so wrong so Jarrell firstly why did you end up weighing that much
0: um you know like I said before you know everybody's built differently uh, when I told people I lost 30 pounds they thought I was going to come in like
2: 270
0: or something but I started training camp about 3, 3, 330 you know and uh it, it was heavy man I was heavy I was powerlifting you know eating a lot of heavy cards and starches and I had to stop all my weight training for about uh, two months, a month and a half, to really get this weight down really fast, and um, monitor my energy levels. And uh, it was it was tough. It was definitely tough. So, you know, you know, main thing we worked on was punch output and cardio for this fight. And um, you know, I could have went the full ten rounds no problem, but you know, I already knew that once I put the pressure on them, I was going to fold them. You know. And that's what it really came out to, you know. I didn't want... I was really aiming for about 285, to 285, 280. But I got sick about two and a half weeks out from the fight. Um, I had some vanilla poisoning. And then I had, like, a crazy ear infection a couple of days after that. It was it was a tough camp. It was nowhere near easy. Um, You know, uh, i say my main thing was being mentally focused and, and, and ready to go to war.
2: And obviously, again, coming in at a weight like that, um, you know, the... It'd be quite clear, it's it's quite an obvious thing that usually you'd tire down the stretch of that fight obviously carrying that weight but I will say this I've mm. got to also throw in there that I've always thought Gerald as much as I like the guy I don't really think he's got the best stamina I think he tires um, quite quite rapidly after about 4 or 5 mm. rounds so you seem to come on stronger right. I just thought that was a uh, an interesting point there and Gerald in my opinion played into your hands in this fight by staying in the pocket too long he's got a good jab when he uses it he stayed on the ropes for too long there and there was one point in the fight and Gerald's a big guy but when he tried to push you back I remember he just put his glove on your chest and tried to push you you just stood still like a statue what did you make of the whole fight Jarrell and did it go the way you expected it to?
0: Um, it went exactly the way that I expected it to go um, like I told people um, I had him hurt in the third round and he said he was going to bring it to me so I said if he brought the fight to me I'd get him in three or four, four, four rounds but if I had to go chase him and get him it would be seven and eight you know and I got him in eight rounds um, I told people, man, like I'm, a, I'm a big guy, I'm a behemoth, but I'm a thinker as well. I see shots. Um, I took a couple just, just to break his confidence a little bit, um, you know. And I dropped my hands uh, now and then with his jab, and um, hit him, hit him with a bunch of jabs as well. Um, like I said, it was more, it was more of a fun fight for me. I got some round, I got some really good rounds in um, that I really needed really, because the fight before that, I only had three rounds and eleven months layoff. So Those were a, a lot of things that I, I wanted to do in this fight, and I got it out of the way. Um, you know, I'm right back in the gym again. I started hitting weights yesterday. So, uh, you know, I am nowhere in hell going to be over 300 pounds again. Um, but uh, my main thing right now is to be, you know, 100% big baby um, and just, you know, demolish everything. Demo- I mean, demolish everything. Every person I want to get in there with, I want to demolish them. I want to make everybody quit, run high, jump over a fence, call the police, Run to their grandmother's house, hide them in the bed, because I'm coming, and I'm here.
2: <laughs> in your opinion, Jarrell, can Gerald come back from these two losses back-to-back now, albeit one of them, of course, was at world title level, one of them was to you, who could go on to become a world champion, of course. So you don't really know how bad these losses are.
0: Um, yeah, most definitely. I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to be a world champion, hands down. I ain't worried worry about that. Um, I-, I think he definitely can bounce back, Uh, but he has to get, you know, pick the easier opponents to just help build his not only his confidence but get his skill level. Um, spar guys that are that 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 are that are just killers and monsters, you know. He can't spar some of the timid guys that he's been sparring, um guys that kinda run and, you know, throw punches to keep you off, like, you know, Charles Martin and, and, and um, you know, Malik Scott and some of the other guys. He gotta spar guys that kinda wanna bring it and really try to hurt you in sparring sessions, you know. And that's the only way that's gonna make you really grow, you know. I spar with Olympic champions, and they, they start off good for about two, three rounds, and then after I put the pressure and I start really whooping their ass, they understand that you know amateur experience is a lot different from pros. You know, it's it's, it's a big difference, and you know, and I I tell guys all the time, you know, uh, never judge a book by its cover, you know, and, and and I made that mistake one time in the amateur and almost got my ass book, but as I got older, I realized that I was the same kid, I was the same book that people were judging as well. And I said that's going to be their downfall. You know, they're going to look at me and say he's a big guy, he can't do this. But where, where, where is there a handbook on, on boxing physique? Where is the handbook that says a 300 pound guy can't can't do a a 40 yard sprint in, in in four seconds? Like where where does where does it say it cannot be done? Is I'm trying to say. So when they tell you can't do something, you just got to prove them wrong. And I'm a clear, I'm, I'm clearly uh, proofing and putting that. You know. A 300-pound guy has the highest out, out, punch output in the heavyweight division at 70 punches around right now. You know, like I do drills where I'm throwing three, four, 500 punches around, literally, and I'm not even BSing you. You know, we have videos of that I, we're going to start putting up soon. So, like I said, you know, I'm 300 pounds now. Look what I'm doing. So, imagine when I get to 275, 280, solid, you know, really ripped and lean and, um, you know, with a really full eight-week training camp instead of six, six-and-a-half weeks. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be
2: great, and I mean, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. I'm really looking forward to that. Now you're ranked highly with the governing bodies. You're ranked number seven in the WBA, WBO, and IBF rankings. You're currently unranked with the WBC, but Gerald was ranked, so I suppose we'll see you creep into those rankings soon enough. At this stage, Gerald, do you know what's next for you?
0: Um, yeah, I've, I've heard talk. Um, I had talks to Showtime before that Gerald watched this fight. Um, You know, I have big, baby promotions now. We're going to hear a lot more about my own promotional company, a lot more as time go on. You know, like I said, I'm my own boss. I make my own decisions. I do what I want, when I want, where I want. Um, um, We had conversations before. You know, Gerard, you know, he's the one that, you know, he called me out for the fight. We need a good opponent. Um, You know, we need a opponent, you know, and it have to be that kind of opponent. But I said the opportunity – was huge, you know, it's in Brooklyn, it's in my backyard, it is my comeback fight, I mean, the p- publicity for the fight would be awesome, even though it wasn't televised, you know, it got a lot of exposure for not being a televised fight, you know, you know, Gerard um uh, didn't have TV in his contract and they weren't able to put it on TV, you know, but, uh, you know, because I took that fight, it got a certain amount of exposure that, you know, a lot of people would hate that it didn't get TV, you know, so, you know, I kind of proved the point, and where I stand, not only in the fighter, but as an entertainer as well. And no other heavyweight is doing what I'm doing. A lot of other guys uh, that's in the boxing world saying this guy's gonna be the next big star when it comes to this marketing for switching your boxing all the way around. So you know, like I've been said, so I've been doing, I've been dreaming about this. I've been, I mean, putting my work in in and outside the ring. And uh, it's time to start, you know, pushing even harder and reap the benefits and showing people that when you have a a, a real heavyweight. They can do everything, you know, not just fight, but has the char- charismatic attitude that I do, and the people just love them, man, and that's me.
2: Just to backtrack, there did you did you say that that fight was not televised in the US? no?
0: No, nah, no, the fight did not go televised live, man. It was uh, actually Facebook live feed, and it was a Showtime YouTube live feed. It, it was it was kind of, time. It, it it was a lot of things that was going on uh, that you know Showtime really really tried their best to do. Um, depending on the time slot but like I said you know I was a last minute add on to, to to the card and um you know they had prior engagements they had to ob- ob- they were obligated to and they couldn't get the TV he couldn't get the TV time that they wanted but um like I said before um it it made me work even harder it made me even put on a better show because I know for sure now they're going to want to put every big baby fight on TV <laughs>
2: Yeah, because maybe you didn't know this, but I'm going to tell you now. It was live over here. It was on Box Nation over here. So I watched it live. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good thing <laughs> it was shown over here. All the listeners would have watched it um, live, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Awesome. Anyway, awesome. Brilliant. Anyway, so um, will you fight again before the year's up? Yeah, yeah. We're looking at probably November 4th uh, on Deontay
0: Wilder's The undercard as a co cool main event. Um, okay. You know, that's what we were talking about before. So that's probably the date we're going to come back. Um, I've also heard something. Um, in a pipeline about August 26th in the Mayweather undercard. Uh, if they find the right opponent, uh, we'll see. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things going on, man. You know, maybe I just fight again August 26th. Uh, I'm, I'm still in shape. Um, I haven't ate too many burgers. So, you know, it ain't nothing to do three weeks of cards to get back in and whoop somebody ass again.
2: And what did you make of the main event? What's your reaction to Garcia versus Brona?
0: Um, yeah, I was very really sad. You know, it it kind of hurt because, you know... Uh, Garcia won the fight, you know. What I mean, uh, you know, hats had off to him. But you know, Adrian, I felt was, I felt that he just mentally just wasn't there. You know, what I mean, I feel like all the issues that he has outside the ring right now are hindering his performance. Rather be the shootouts and you know have to leave his own his own state to go somewhere else and the you know, the, the the altercations with the with law enforcement. I feel like he needs to just you know get all that stuff situated and put himself in a in a, in a in a frame of mind where he's at peace, you know. Some people can function under drama, you know. Uh, Floyd is one of those guys where he had a lot going on, but he still can function in the ring and focus on what he he does. And uh, like myself, too, you know I mean? uh, I have a lot going on in New York. Like, New York, by any means, is not the best place to train and do camp, but there was so much going on in my life, personally, that I couldn't leave New York at the time, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, when you get in that ring, you guys just say buckle down and... You know, buying on the mouthpiece and and, and get the job done.
2: And on the back of your fight, as I said, it's you know it was televised on the UK, uh, in the UK, a lot of people watched it over here. I'm not sure what the word is over in the USA, but over here, everybody that's talking about your performance is saying we need to see you in the ring with Dillian White. We think stylistically that's a fantastic matchup. What's your thought on that fight if it does happen?
0: Yeah, most, most definitely. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be uh vocal about the whole Dylan White situation real soon. Um, uh, like I said before, I'm just working on some stuff on the business side, and I'm still calling his punk ass out because he, he, you know, like people, people, people don't understand. They they seen that fight and they think I'm just a straight slugger. And if you don't know, I can box my ass off. And I haven't really had the opportunity to really box people, box guys yet because some of them are just so soft that I don't really have to box them. I can just walk them down for a couple of rounds and beat them up, you know. So, um, Dylan White would be a good fight, but I guarantee you I would knock him out in four to five rounds. Guarantee you I would knock Dylan White out in four or five rounds. And Eddie Hearn is not going to put me in there so quick with Dylan White. I know for a fact, Eddie Hearn probably think I was so big, but trust me, he knows I'm a, I'm a freaking tank. And I will break Dylan White in half. You know I mean? and, and tell you the truth, he lost it to Zora. So, what he need to do is really go beat Chizora's ass before he start calling out an undefeated contender when he got two losses on his record, really, instead of one. You know, Anthony Joshua knocked him out so bad that he lost brain cells and forgot that, to add that loss on his record. <laughs> so, trust me, messing with me, I might make him brain dead, and make, I'm really going to snatch a body part off the body snatcher. <laughs>
2: And Jarrell, obviously, he's going to be fighting. Uh, Dillian White's going to be fighting on the Terrence Crawford undercard in just a couple of weeks over in your, well, not your hometown, obviously, but over in the U.S. Unfortunately, it's a little bit soon for yourself, but it would have been really good if that was to have happened, man. But it's a bit too soon.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, I think me and Dillian White could do our own card. It's not a co-main event. We could be a main event yeah. for our fight in the States. You know? um, I don't even think we need a, a header for that fight. The, the way how we would go down in the press conference and the wins and all that great stuff
2: um moving on from that anyway just the the last two last two questions or so now Jarrell I want to get your thoughts on the big middleweight clash in September Canelo versus Triple G everybody we speak to I've got to get their prediction on this fight what's your thoughts on it
0: Oh uh, man I, I, I definitely don't see the fight going to decision um you know I, I'm a big Triple G fan um but you know they did they did they did route my boy Danny Jacobs against that fight in Brooklyn. So I kind of like I kind of want Canelo touch catch him a little bit. But I'm kind of I'm kind of kind of I don't know. But that fight I'm really kind of stuck in the middle. Um, but he is the bigger guy and height wise. Um, I feel like he's fought the harder tougher opponents. But uh, he but he still had he's still an older guy and he does have a little more mileage on him compared to Canelo. Um, I mean we'll see you know I don't I don't really know don't really have a a favorite in this fight. Um I do one thing though is going to be a bond burner and somebody's definitely going to get hit with some shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's it's a fight we're all looking forward to. That's one thing uh, that we all agree on. And just before I let you go Jarrell, anything you want to say at all before we let you go anything at all you want to get off your chest anything at all?
0: Um you know uh do your research on these fighters, man. Just don't be quick to jump in the bandwagon and, and uh, criticize fighters. You know, uh, you know, Gerard was a tough guy. Uh, Washington, he came to fight. Um, you know, I take my hats off to him. So, you know, this be easy on some of us, man. Sometimes some, a lot of guys, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. man. it's a tough sport, a tough life. So, uh, as fans, man, uh, just give me respect and love. But i tell you one thing. If you love Mike, you love Riddick, you're going to love Big Baby. And Dylan White, I'm going to break your ribs.
2: Okay, mellow message, followed by something a little bit harsh there for Dillian. All right, listen, Jarrell, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. You know that. Congrats once again on your win, and we'll catch up again very soon.
0: No problem, brother. Thank you.
2: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the preview part of the show. We're going to start with a card happening this week in the Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio, California. Uh, so many fights gone on in the state of California in the last seven days or so, so... uh yeah, big up to California on this bill. Vachislav Shabransky, eighteen and one, takes on a man called Todd May. I don't know anything about him, but he's ten and zero with one draw. I thought I'd mention that. Jonathan Navarro also on this bill. His record ten and zero. He's in an eight rounder against Ankel Sarinana, seven and six. Should be a decent win. I'm hoping for uh, for Jonathan Navarro. It'd be a bit of a slip if he lost that one. And also, the main reason we're mentioning this, Bill. Mauricio Herrera, 23-7. and 7. He's in a 10-rounder at welterweight against Jesus Soto Carras, who is uh, 28 and 28-11 with four draws. We're going to stand behind Mauricio Herrera here. He's a friend of the show. I think he was one of the first um, world champions we've had on the show, actually. So, uh been a while actually since I spoke to him, so we must reach out to him in the near future. That's it for California. Moving over now to the MGM Grand in Detroit, Michigan, USA. One fight to mention on this bill Nikki Adler, 16 and 0. She's the WBC World Female Super Middleweight Champion. Uh, she's in a 10 round contest, that's of course t- 10 two minute rounds against. The, well, America's very own golden girl, Clarissa Shields, 3-0. Both girls undefeated. Obviously, it's a huge step up in class in the pro ranks for Clarissa Shields. Also, the vacant IBF World Female Super Middleweight titles on the line as well. So, this is Clarissa Shields' chance to win two belts in one fight here. And seriously, you know, stamp her mark on the well, on the pro boxing ranks, really. And this is a little, you know, I know that you said earlier as well, Eddie, that you were looking forward to Katie Taylor, her and Eddie Hearn, and all the rest of the girls in the sport, really, that are just turning over. These Olympians need to take note from this. This is a huge step up. Only Clarissa's fourth fight in the pro ranks and already two world titles on the line for her. Um, I'm not her biggest fan, though, to be completely honest, Eddie. I don't really like her personality, so... um, (laughs) But no, we're 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 both obviously really happy. She's stepping up really quickly,
1: right? Right. I think I, I you know she's seemed pretty talented. You know what I mean. I don't know about the personality thing. I really didn't pay you much attention to that. I'm looking more at her fight game. She seemed likable, but you know in the Olympics and everything. But I'm not too sure. You know, now I haven't really been paying attention much. But you know, if your if your fight game is doing the one to talking and it's talking really loud and and well, then uh, you know as more important than how unlikable you are outside the ring. Even though sometimes that draws big dollars, I you know Floyd could probably tell you that.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, no, she's uh, yeah. I'm not quite so sure it works just as much in in the female side of the game than it does the male side of the game. But um, yeah, some of her unsavory tweets we'll ignore. She's uh, she's obviously a tremendous fighter, especially a uh, you know a flag bearer really um, in terms of women's boxing as a whole, pro and amateur. But we're going to leave America alone. We're going to move over now to India. One fight to mention over there, Frank Warren prospect Vijendra Singh, 8-0. He takes on, oh, this is going to be a challenge. A man by the name of Zulip Ker Tiali 8-0. So both men, 8-0. and Somebody's always got a go. Um, the opponent's actually got one Blemish on his record, it's just a draw. This one's also for the WBO Asia Pacific Super Middleweight title and the WBO Oriental Super Middleweight title. Both belts, if I'm not actually mistaken, I think they may belong to Virginia Singh, so it could be a defense of his titles here, but it's in his hometown of India. Um, He's actually quite talented, um, this guy, Eddie. You probably haven't heard of him, but he's like a policeman, a Bollywood actor, he's a he's a he's now a boxer. He's done it all, he's he's like a hero over in India. So um all the very best to him. All the very best to him. Moving over now to the States, once again, one fight or a couple fights to mention really on this bill. Uh, coming down to the last two bills now. Raimundo Beltran, 33-7, with one draw. Fighting, well, putting his belts on the line here. The NABF lightweight title and the WBO-NABO lightweight title. On the line against Brian Vasquez, 35-2. and two. Should be a good fight there. Raimundo Beltran been looking pretty good recently. I know he's had some um, <laughs> some stuff going on outside the ring. Last time he was fighting, he was fighting for his green card, if I'm not mistaken. So um, all they've got to do is wave that at him, and I'm sure he'll pick up another knockout. He fought really well when that was all on the line last time. And the main event in that card, Vassal Lomachenko, 8-1, puts his WBO World Super Featherweight title on the line. By the way, this one's at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, California. Once again, more fights for California. He takes on Miguel Mariaga, 25-2. These guys are both Super Featherweights, um, Eddie. Have you got any interest in that fight, Lomachenko-Mariaga, do you know Know much about those weights
1: down there? Well, I definitely could tell you, Lomachenko. He's one of the he's one of the top guys out there right now. Very, very, very talented. Very exciting sure. to watch. Aside from just you know the uh, activity and the punches and all that, it's the skill in which he delivers it. You know what I mean? I feel like he's a really, really, really talented guy. One of the better guys you'll see. Is like, yeah, you, know, you see different things. Like I've seen different memes and different. Um, uh, videos they put out on this kid, like you know, Matrix and all that. Well, he's really, really good at making the basics look you know, extra. You know what I mean? It looks like he's doing more than some basic things, but he's really talented in making it work. Angles are perfect. And if you look at Gary Russell, who's the guy that he beat, Gary Russell, to me, is one of the most talented guys in that division or in the division that he previously was in. I'm, um, I'm not sure if that's the case. Uh, yeah. But and he beat him pretty easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, he controlled the fight, dominated the fight, and it's crazy because Gary Russell is one of the most talented guys you'll see. Speed, you know, power, ability, all of that, just oozing out of that kid, I and mean, then Lomachenko makes him look average. That's the kind of guy He's a really, really exciting guy to watch going forward. I don't think there's going to be many guys that could challenge him, although, I would love to see him in, uh, against Guillermo de Gumbia. That would be awesome to see because those two guys, are both extremely high levels of talent, maybe even not the highest level in boxing today. In boxing, in this, today, and I don't want to say including Floyd Mayweather, but they're right there with him. You know, and that's and I know that's saying a lot, but these guys are right there.
2: Yeah, I totally agree, I totally agree. This guy, Miguel Mariaga, uh, he got beat by Oscar Valdez, which is, you know, there's no shame in that, but I think some people are a bit annoyed with this fight because I think they think it's going to be pretty one-sided. Hopefully, the one thing about Mariaga is he can bang, so hopefully we see him land... Um, a couple of shots on Lomachenko. But yeah, Lomachenko is very talented. As you say, he does the basics yeah. tremendously well, makes it look easy, unbelievable hand speed, unbelievable footwork. He's got it all. Um, I've even seen yep. him walk from one corner to the other corner on his knuckles in some kind of handstand thing. And I also saw wow. him the other day shadow boxing on a skateboard.
3: <laughs> he, oh, can all, right? he can do it all. He can do it That's telling tell you,
1: tell you something about his, his, his time he spent in the gym. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead, Joe. That's cool. Yeah, that's it for California. Um, Moving over now to the card that is happening the final bill to mention one fight that's happening over in New Jersey, USA at the Claridge Hotel and Casino. Uh, one fight to mention on this bill really a man that's kind of gone under the radar a little bit. China's very own Zili Zhang. He's sixteen and oh, he's six foot six. He's a Southpaw, obviously undefeated. Um, he's an Olympian as well. Uh, he takes on a man called Nick Guivas, who, if I'm not mistaken, was knocked out. I think he was knocked out by B.J. Flores. So. um... Yeah, I think that could be a little bit one-sided there in favour of the Chinaman. Right, that's it for the previewing. Now, usually we do the news in the middle of the show. There's just a couple of bits of news I just want to quickly mention. Uh, Two little pieces of news before we wrap up the show. Uh, Wrap up the talking, I should say, and bring in the, the second and final guest. Um... Ryan Burnett, the IBF World Bantamweight Champion, he will be unifying his title against Zanat Zakayanov, the WBA Super World Bantamweight Champion. That fight is going to be taking place in the SSE Arena in Belfast, Northern Ireland, on the 21st of October. So it's great to see Ryan Burnett in his first You know, his first fight since being champion, you'd think he might take an easy defense. Boy, oh boy, he's taking on a man that's, you know, a champion. He's taking on a guy that, is going to be unifying with, and this is actually the man that um, that beat Roche Warren in his last fight, which was earlier uh, this year in, in February, so this man's got a win over Roche Warren, who we mentioned earlier, now he's going to be taking on Ryan Bennett, so that's a really great fight, I'm happy that Eddie Hearn has made that one, uh, Zakayanov's record is 27-1, and he's from Kazakhstan, and Ryan Bennett 17-0, and so I'm really looking forward to that, and also, the kind of circus fight I guess we haven't really mentioned it too much on this podcast because you know we're proper boxing people we don't really like to talk too much about these mismatches but um, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor that fight obviously taking place um, in about three weeks time at the end of this week that will be taking place on Sky Sports box office over here so Sky have outbid BT Sports and Box Nation for that fight and it will be shown on box office at a price of nineteen ninety-five. so it's up to to the UK fans if they're going to buy that if they're going to pay that price but the price is a lot better than the price over in the US Eddie I'm sure
1: about that oh no, yeah absolutely I think it's it's probably going to be upwards near $100 to be honest or something yeah, like yeah. that like, it's, it's something, something crazy like for the Pacquiao fight I think that's what it was it was like you, you just look at it and say man I mean the Pacquiao fight I can understand this one I don't know may, I don't know may, maybe it won't be that expensive. maybe be 60 you know but Anywhere above that plan is a little bit too rich for me at this point, man I, I want to see proper fights like you said And no disrespect, I mean Floyd Mayweather is great uh, One of the obviously the greatest of our our, our era uh, And Conor McGregor is probably one of the greatest of, his, you know, of our era in MMA But he's not a boxer And you know, he's coming from basically being an amateur fighter To fighting the best professional fighter of this generation It just doesn't make sense But hey, you know, whatever <laughs> whatever
2: sells whatever sells that seems to be the case obviously we all know the old sandboxing boxing it is a business right yeah uh, that will that will conclude all the talking just before we bring in guest number 2 i just want to uh, you know, do the usual. Eddie's obviously got somewhere to be. So I want to thank you very much, Eddie, for obviously taking part in this week's show. It's uh, about the third or fourth time. It's always great sharing the uh, the whole show with you. You always come on. Don't just do a, a little piece. You're, you're here for the whole duration. So once again, thank you very much for taking part in this week's show, my friend.
1: No problem, man. You know, you're my main man. You know, all you got to do is ask and even sometimes you don't even have to do that. I might just pop up, like, hey, you don't, you don't need me to show this week? <laughs> no, no. But, um, no, it's great, man. I enjoy it. You know, I like to talk, so why not? <laughs>
2: Excellent. Thank you very much, Eddie. Right, before we wrap up the show, there's one last thing to do, and that, of course, is to bring in guest number two. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former Commonwealth and WBO European champion and current British champion, Mr. Liam Williams. Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate that. Hey, it's always my pleasure, Liam, especially with you. So listen, last time that we spoke, it was just before your last fight for the interim WBO world title against Liam Smith. Now I'm going to be honest, and I'm, I'm not saying this just because you're here. I actually had you winning that fight, but I thought Liam Smith was coming on strong, but I still had you winning at the time of the stoppage. Now there were so many things wrong with that fight. One of the most damning things in the aftermath was the fact that because Liam Smith didn't make the weight, if he would have won, which he ended up doing, he would have probably been elevated to the full WBO world champion by now. And because he didn't, Miguel yeah. Cotto's obviously now fighting for the vacant title. He shot himself in the foot a bit on that one. Do you want to say anything about that brilliant fight before it ended the way uh, nobody wanted it to? Do you want to say anything about that fight just before we move on, Liam? No, no. Um, uh, you
3: know, only that um, you, I believe you gave a pretty good assessment. I believe those quite quite a couple of them All the world's actually had it. Um, yeah, you know, he's coming strongly, um he always does he's he he to that type of come forward, fight their like way down, but um, we we prepared for that, so um, you know, it was it was never it was never a massive shock for us. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> now myself and
2: you, we both spoke at the Copper Box show a few weeks ago, and you said that the rematch was looking like being in October. It's now been signed for October the 28th in Manchester. How happy are you that the rematch is on? I always felt that the rematch must happen, but I wasn't sure Liam Smith would want to do it again, but credit to him, he's agreed to it.
3: Yes. Uh, Samuel I don't, you know, um, although, uh, although I don't think he was like, kind of worried about me personally, um, I just think, you know, I suppose he could have gone. Uh, the fight ended in a bad way, which I should not, but at the end of the day, he still won the fight, so he could have moved up. Um So, you know, credit to him for, for doing it again. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 I'm really looking forward to it. And do you believe the rematch is going to be a
2: lot different to the first fight, or do you reckon it'll be quite similar in many ways?
3: Um, I think it'll be very similar in, in all ways, to be honest. Um, I just I just want to backtrack as well I've been, I've also been told that the, the fight ain't actually in Manchester anymore. we'd be looking um, looking at other options oh okay okay I'm glad you so, corrected um, me there yeah 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 I'm not I'm not totally sure where it's going to be really, um, you know I think they're not just working on getting somewhere pinned down now and um, I'm sure I'll know pretty soon
2: okay excellent but the 28th of October is definitely the date right
3: yeah, that's
2: correct. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Um, I want to ask you as well, Liam. What is Liam Smith's power like? A lot of people believe he hurt you to the body a couple of times in that fight. He didn't hurt me to the body
3: once. So he didn't hurt he once. Power um, like? um, average. Uh, you know, yeah, just average, maybe just above average, but didn't once hit me, and and you know, I like, I really felt the shot. Uh, yeah, the only the only one I really felt was the headgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course.
2: Now I want to ask you this actually from your point of view. In the second half of that fight, was it Liam Smith coming on strong or was it you slowing down a bit or was it a bit of both? Um mm,
3: yeah, I'd probably say he's a bit of both to be fair. Um obviously he he's gonna have fight that he's um he's, he's well built, he's got very strong legs, um He's one, you know, he's one of these quad forward fighters which which do break most people down. But, um, you know, I had nine minutes to go in the fight. I would have, I would, have, I would have tested nine minutes. I, you know, I I trained for this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it we, went a big shock with him, kind of, um, you know, trying to put it on me in the last couple of rounds. But,
2: you know, there we go.
3: that what's happened. What's happened now, and
2: um, and we can move on. And going back to the copper box, after Gary Corcoran's fight, you and him had some kind of altercation. What actually happened there?
3: Um, I don't know, mate. He's, um, he got his head. Um, yeah, he, he got something wrong with me. Yeah, he got, like, a bad dislike. Um, he won his fight. I was having a conversation with someone. Actually, it was um, Dave Hill from Ringside. Um, I was chatting with Dave. Um, and I could just hear, you know, all and call me C U N and all that kind of stuff. And um, I, I put my head up, and, and it was obviously Daniel the and then he decided to come running out the ring and got grabbed by the security guard. Oh, so, to be honest, it was a good job. He did get grabbed by the security guard, so to flatten him again. But,
2: uh, we actually had Gary Corcoran on last week's show, and um, I asked him about your, the, you know, the rematch coming up with yourself and Liam Smith. Now he believes that Liam Smith's got your number. Now he believes that Liam Smith will stop you in that fight. What's your response to that, Liam?
3: Uh, he, yeah, he's going to say that and he don't like me. Um, but as far as his comments are concerned, he's, he's full of shit. Um, yeah, he's, I'm not get, I'm not. Um,
2: I'm not going to stop by nobody. Yeah. No, I think that's fair to say. Um, I want to ask you about another huge fight, Liam, as well. Another big fight. We've been really asking everybody about it. It's just a fight that nobody can stop <laughs> thinking about, dreaming about, talking about. Triple G and uh, and Canelo Alvarez, a brilliant fight for September. What's your take on that one, Liam? Yeah, it's, um, it's one of
3: the best fights out there. I, I can't believe all the... All the hype surrounding the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. Um, yeah. When you've got w- when you've got real fights like this happening, um, and another oh, one is Cotto and okay. Um You know it's, that's, that's that's a good fight, um, and it's on the same night as, as Mayweather, so that's going to be really overlooked, and I don't think many people are going to watch it. It's just really, really bad,
2: I think. Yeah, who do you reckon wins that triple G Canelo fight, Liam?
3: Um, I've I've been thinking Canelo, to be honest. Yeah, I just think he's got um. Obviously he has got massive power, uh, good footwork, cutting, cutting on the ring and whatever. Uh, I just believe I just believe canelo a little bit of extra. He's got, he's got a very good uh, punch variety head movement um yeah upper boy movement he's just he's very good and um he's, he's very good on the counter and stuff as well so uh, i believe i'll i'll take him through to win the fight okay fair enough a lot of
2: people going with that it's uh, nobody's quite sure of which way to go it is really going to be a fantastic spectacle um i will go over to you with the last question liam um you don't have to give us one if you don't want to. I just wanted to ask if you have got one. Have you got any kind of prediction for the rematch? Now you've been in there with Liam Smith, you've pretty much, um, you know, for for some parts of that fight, in my eyes anyway, dominated him. What's your thoughts on the rematch? How do you
3: reckon you win this fight if you can give a prediction? Um, I think... uh, I just want to come away with a win. I don't care how or what we have to do for that win. But, um, you know... I can change. I don't believe Young um He's been fighting the same way for for a long time, and um, you know he's 20, or is he 28 now? Maybe. Um, he's, he's not gonna. He's not gonna change all the night. He's he, he's stuck in that way, you know, and he's not changing that stuff.
2: So. Yeah. Okay, my man. Well. Liam, it's, it's always good to speak to you. Best of luck for camp, and I cannot wait to see you back in the ring come October 28th. Really looking forward to that. Thanks for giving us some time, my friend.
3: Yeah, thank you very much, mate. And, um, yeah, I really look forward to it myself, and hopefully it'll be a great fight like last time. Cheers, buddy. tell
2: Okay, that wraps up episode 94 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. I, as Sumra, was not with us this week, but instead we were joined by the heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Eddie Chambers. A big thank you to our two guests on this week's show, the hard-hitting, unbeaten, big baby of the heavyweight division, Mr. Jarrell Miller, and the exciting yet down-to-earth British light middleweight champion, Mr. Liam Williams. As always, the biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to the very loyal listeners we've attracted so many over the years so thank you very much once again for listening to this episode enjoy your weekends people and we'll see you next week